In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled and Driven by Purpose. I'm your host today, Tony Grubmeyer, and our guest lives by the motto, be different, be creative, be a leader. He is an artist, a business owner, and an entrepreneur. He's also a good friend of mine. He first started his own design agency, and that agency is specializing in brand development, web development, web software development, digital marketing, and more and recently an incident management system for businesses, schools, and government entities. He's got a lot to share. He's got a big heart, got a love for Christ. My good friend, please welcome to the show, Brad Ball. Thanks for having me. Hey, first and foremost, um, how are you doing? Like, how are things? How's life? I'm doing well. I can't complain. I mean, you know, when everything kind of changed, it was interesting the first week, but then um, my perspective kind of shifted and uh, was completely different. Uh, man, I got to tell you, I, I, that sounds very similar to the guests I've been interviewing, right? Yeah. That everything came at you like the wall was falling on top of you. And then after everything kind of fell to the ground, you could start picking up little pieces, right? Because you kind of go, okay, I'm here. Now what can I do about it, right? And I, I think it's the same kind of emotion everybody's been dealing with. It's like, all right, it hit us. Now what are we going to do about it? Well, yeah, you kind of go through the worst case scenario, right? And try to anticipate what that looks like moving forward and what you need to do to ensure you retain as many people as possible. And that part's stressful because when you, uh, when your business is all about people and relationships, it made for a difficult time. But once we kind of got through that and established kind of the the groundwork, we're off to the races. No, I love that. I appreciate it. So, Hey Brad, what we're going to try to do is go around the racetrack of life for a little bit. We're going to, I want to go fast because um, you know, I think a lot of times people can draw out their, their message. And I, and I know your message is impactful. I've gotten a chance to watch you up front, attend like a men's retreat with you, chance to see you in your skill. Uh, I, I truly believe is your craft, which is being able to do a speed painting. I'm sure there's a better term for it, but that's what I look at it like. And in five minutes, you can just do an amazing, amazing design. And you've had uh, some incredible opportunities with that you know, a speaker and you got a lot of these things in the, the back of it, but you're a father, a husband, a business owner, a son. When you look back at your life, kind of where you're at now, but where you were, where did you really first kind of wake up to like, wow, man, I can do anything I want in my life? That's a, a good question. Um, you know, I, I would say that was a, just a process overall. Yeah, I wouldn't have been in business if it wasn't for some of the circumstances that I went through. But I would say I really took a turn um, in terms of business mindset probably back in 2010-ish. And, uh, you know, in part, it was going through a difficult time within the business and really deciding to treat it as a business as opposed to just, hey, this is what I do. And, you know, I've always had that service heart mentality, which, um, you know, is a fine line between taking that and actually having a business. And so once we 
once I took that approach, it, the mindset changed and, um, it really created a different outlook that, yeah, we can achieve these things because, you know, if you don't necessarily have any vision or goals, it's kind of hard to go anywhere. And I would say that was the turning point of actually, okay, we're going to do this thing and, and take off with it. How would you describe when you hear somebody, you know, mention like purpose? What, what does purpose mean to you? Well, you hear, hear, you hear that a lot, especially in the church realm. And I think it, uh, people use that as uh, maybe some inspiration. But I think for me personally, it's, it's a lot about uh, what does this day look like and what am I supposed to do today? I think a lot of times we look in the future, oh, I'm going to be you know, a famous singer or artist or business person. But that typically doesn't happen overnight. And so what are you supposed to do today, I think is the most important thing that you can really look at. And it just takes it um, a whole different approach when you look at it on a day-by-day basis. Now, overall, you know, purpose, I think that's what drives you. That's what pushes you to do these great things and the vision behind that. And so um, for me, it was always a struggle to look five years out because of, I don't know what the next five years is going to bring. But back in 2010, that's where that all kind of changed because you really need to have a strong outlook on the future. And so for used to be my purpose, I thought I was going to be a pastor or whatnot. And that completely changed to where, you know, I'm a business owner. But then when you look back throughout the history of, you know, what's happened over the last 20 years, I'm still that same person. I'm basically pastoring, leading my employees. And um, I wouldn't have necessarily understood that 10 years ago. It's just interesting to hear you kind of share, right? You know, like you, you were going down one path and then you had a shift, right? Or you made a, you can call it whatever you'd like. It's just something changed, yeah. right? And I'd love to talk about what you do today and maybe some of the things that have shown up by just trying lots of different things along the way till you kind of find the thing that you're doing today. So today it's very different. You know, the, uh, I'll just touch a little bit on the history in 2000, I went out on my own and in part, it wasn't that I was going to become a business owner. It was to take care of my mom. She had been diagnosed with a terminal disease that really was something out of her control and not necessarily natural. And, um, basically I took care of her for two years and she passed away in, uh, 2003. And so essentially I, worked half the time and took care of her half the time. And that just was helping her out. And if it wasn't for that happening, you know, I may have never gone on this entrepreneurial path. And so as I look through the history of what's happened, it's evolved. So as an artist, a designer, you know, I've done that for the past 20 years, but now that's evolved to more of the leadership role, more of the pastoral. I'm still doing art. I'm doing less design because I have a team of people that are doing it. And that's a different role. So there's times where I go, what did I need to do today? And, and so I have one-on-ones with certain key people. And what it's also allowed me to do is slow down a little bit and really try to think. And that's important as an entrepreneur and artist, slowing down enough to really see what's next or what's to come. And it's been interesting. I'm not a writer, but I've had to write some emails, especially post COVID and really try to communicate a message to customers and even our employees about where we are and where we're going. And it's 
overall been received rather well. But if I was so busy, like I'd been in the past, going from one thing to the next, designing one project to the next project, I wouldn't have the bandwidth to really see and know how to communicate the message that needs to be communicated. No, I, I like that, you know, and, and so we got a chance to meet um, because we were a part of a, a same uh, mastermind. Yeah. Uh, we, we met just not too long ago. We got to meet in um, Puerto Vallarta for War Room. Well, we I met thought. in Utah first back in November briefly because you gave me your book. I did, right? Yeah. Yeah. So sitting um, <clears throat> and really like connecting with you, you know, I could really kind of see and feel your heart. Um, I, I love the fact that you got a big, big heart for, for Jesus. And I, and I love the fact that um, you're out helping to really kind of spread a positive impacted message. I mean, I hope that we'll, we'll love to get a link to some of your work and we'll put it on the show notes so people can check out what you're doing. Cause what you're doing is, is amazing. I mean, imagine watching Picasso paint today. That's what it's like for me watching Brad. Like it's, he's just got this really cool style. Um, he's working on doing uh, speaking, um, you know, gigs around sharing a message, painting and really talking. So I love the fact that your painting and talks are going to be incredible. I really think that's going to be a, an impactful message for the world too, because, um, you know, we're so talented and yet we're, we're kind of not living up to our talents. We're kind mm-hmm. of like hiding behind uh, masks and, and facades when, you know, deep down inside, there's, there's this thing that is causing us to be courageous. And I love the fact that you're stepping out into some uncharted waters and you're, you're taking risks and the rewards are on the upside. Um, I know right before uh, the COVID and everything that was coming was an opportunity for you to paint Arnold Schwarzenegger at yeah. um, a, a really cool VIP event that Digital Marketer and TNC was putting on. And you and I kind of st- started talking a little bit more frequently because you're like, you know, how, how do I do this? And I'm like, you paint daily, you paint daily and you paint daily. And I think that's the whole thing that I've been listening to a lot of uh, guests that I've been interviewing is talking about planting seeds. Mm-hmm. planting seeds. What does planting seeds sound like when I mention that to you? Um, well, it's, you know, I just planted a whole bunch of grass at my house, you know, so it, it brings on a whole different meaning. Now it was sod versus seed. So it's already grown, but you know, the plant seed, you have to water it if you want any growth. And it also has to be planted in good soil and um, needs to be nurtured. And, you know, to be, you know, up front with the art that I haven't neglected it, but I haven't maybe spent as much time as I should have over the last 15 years in part because the business always took a precedent over the art. And uh, even though that the art is really what makes me unique and different than most people in really in the country or world for that matter, that uh, I didn't dedicate the time that I could have. And so like bringing up the Arnold Schwarzenegger painting, that's really outside of my typical comfort zone of what I like to do, but it challenged me. And the only way to grow as an artist entrepreneur is to work on your weaknesses. And I would say, you know, quick faces live and how I paint is harder because of the, because of my style, but I got better. You know, I painted what I think I probably did 10, at least 10 to 15 different versions of, you know, what Arnold could look like in five minutes and I got better. Now I still need to keep practicing. This event's been postponed to December, so I have some time, but I need to do more. And I was able to paint on a, uh, a video podcast last week. Uh, we 
shared about creativity and business and, and at the end of an impromptu five minute painting and, you know, went over really well. And so I was like, man, what else could I do that, especially during this time? And at the end of the day, it's just, I need to dedicate the time to paint. And I think back when we were talking, you really kicked me in the butt and challenged me. And I was on a call with some people last week and uh, some friends out of New York, they basically, they haven't seen what I've done. And they're like, dude, if you don't get this out there and start sharing this, you're being selfish. And so uh, I wouldn't use those words, but yeah, I agree with them. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I get it. I hear the message. And you know, Vinny's a good friend too. So he kicks me and he kicks me around all the time. So he was on that call too. So uh, that's my challenge is to really, you know, weekly, at least weekly have something out there. And so I've already ordered a bunch of, you know, stretcher bars and can just materials. Cause you know, when everything happened, I didn't order any supplies and it's getting kind of low and a lot of them are delayed. So uh, I'm going to get back on it. And I have some ideas to do uh, some pretty cool stuff kind of in the garage during this time. So really stepping out as an artist and business owner and uh, sharing my experience. Cause there's, you know, 20 years of this that I have a lot of different ideas and opinions and, you know, there's no reason for me not to share. No, I agree. And um, you live by this motto, right? Be different, be creative and be a leader. Where did that come from? Well, I think a lot of times as people, we just kind of get stuck in a rut and it's okay to be different. I mean, you see that in different cultures, especially in the young society. I've got kids that are 12 and twins that are 12 and an eight year old. And they're always wanting to do something different or stand out or be noticed. And I think that's a good thing. And being creative, I believe everybody is inherently creative, whether you're an artist or not. Uh, you know, you think about people that, Oh my gosh, they're creative. George W. Bush. What is he doing now? He actually is a painter. He's painting and you know, oil man, president and artist. You know, it's, it's crazy that sounds, but when you go back as a child and you think about what you did, and I'll ask you, Tony, this question. When you were driving in a car, because we didn't have the video game devices and phones that people have today, what did we do? Or what did you do in a car? Wow. The only thing I did in a car growing up is the same thing I still like to do today. I'm like in observation mode. I like I love playing sign games, like when you like play the ABCs, right? I love playing I Spy, you spot stuff, and you know, play the games with yeah. the kids in the backseat. I um uh, I always listen to music. I roll down the windows. I sing. I bang on the steering column. And, you know, I think that the things that I do are I'm still doing to this day. Um, yeah. It was funny because you're like, we didn't have the video games. I'm like, man, I had an Atari. I don't know about you, but I had a Commodore 64 when I was a little bit older. And, okay. you know, you know, I had them, but not in the car. Right. And so I actually brought this up in my call last week and I said, you know, when I was a kid, I remember and my kids will do it. If you especially call it out, you look at the clouds and what do you see? And you start to think, oh, there's a horse or there's an alligator and your imagination starts to run wild. And then, you know, I was bringing this up and it triggered a memory and uh, his, his name was Jason. And it took him down this whole path of remembering his childhood that he hadn't thought before because it was like his grandfather and him that did certain things. But you're in a car and you're allowing your imagination, your creativity to go. And, you know, I, I think most kids color you know, when they're younger, it's just something, you know, you do inside the line, color inside the lines, outside the lines. I remember being very particular. I did not want any color to get outside the lines when I was five or six or whatever it was. And that was part of my artist journey, just even coloring at a young age. 
But then you start sitting in a chair in a classroom hour after hour, and then you get into business and you're stuck in a cubicle all day. And quickly that creativity start and that imagination starts to slow down and you don't use it as much. And so my challenge in terms of being creative is to really tap into that again. And it's not initially hard. You just got to slow down and do it. Now, can I teach you to be an amazing artist? Um, I think I can teach art. Now, creativity, imagination, imagination is hard. That's really you letting your brain go. But art can be trained and learned. And so, uh, but as business owners and entrepreneurs, I think we're all inherently creative and you just need to slow down and tap into it. So that's really where the be creative comes from. And there's many different areas of what creative looks like. And, um, but, and that's up for, you know, interpretation. How often when you step in front of a, a blank canvas, do you just create without having something like in your mind that you want to do? Like how often do you just stare at that blank canvas and let it just come to you? Well, when I first started doing the, I call it live painting or speed painting. Uh, that was back in 97, 98. So really there wasn't anybody that was doing it at the time. And my worship, youth worship pastor at the time, who lives in Colorado Springs, not far from you, uh, they were doing a new album and he, his focus was to bring art and dance back into the church because you really didn't have the art artistic world other than music in the church world. And so his whole thing, it was an hour, hour and a half set. I think it was about an hour. And he said, do not come up with any preconceived ideas. Just do whatever is led in the moment. And same thing was said with the dancer. And he's like, do not have any ideas. If you have any, get them out of your head. And it was really improvisational and um, spirit led. If you want to call it that as well. And that's how I started the first, you know, most of the ones that I did originally were that way. Now, as it's evolved to where there's five minutes, five minutes, I have to have some type of, I generally speaking of what I'm going to start with just because of the time frame. If it's an hour more often than not, I'll start with something and it evolves into something else. And so it's really bound by the time frame. And so, um, but yeah, I've been testing things and, you know, there was a, a painting down in Mexico that we saw that was a skull, kind of a Mexican styled skull. I was like, that would make a really good painting, especially live. I could do it really fast. And so I brought it back and tested it and it turned out really cool. And so that was, you know, preconceived idea, but the style behind it and the way it evolves is very unique and random. And so even if there is an idea, especially in live setting, it generally takes on different meaning as it goes in part because I put paint on directly on a canvas. There's nothing typically drawn on before and it's hard to really mimic or duplicate paintings over and over because it's so random. Does that make sense? 100%. And then uh, a shift really quick. Cause I want to, I want to get into some stuff about, you know, business. And then I talked to you pretty much right when, you know, everybody went into to kind of like the safe, you know, stay at home mindset, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And what was your initial kind of like thought when you, when that wall hit and you're like, oh my gosh, like what was your initial thought? Because I don't want to quickly jump to where you're at today and what things have come from that opportunity to be, hey, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an artist, you know, I'm a leader. I can, I can <laughs> remind myself of the skills that I've been given and I've earned that I can go and help pivot and make an adjustment in my business. Well, overall, I thought it was crazy. Um, I mean, I was on a boat 
when everything right before everything hit the fan, I was on the last uh, Norwegian, not Norwegian. What was I on? It doesn't matter. I was on the last cruise ships that went out and came back. <laughs> and so, you know, it, it's like, what are the odds of, you know, with that many people on a boat from all over the world, uh, country of, you know, getting, you know, this illness and you know, seeing more data based on that. But what, in, in terms of, we were freaked out in part of just not knowing what was going to happen with, in terms of the marketing sides of things. And will people scale back their budgets? And that's how we had to look at it in terms of getting to kind of our base of what we know we can handle and that we have coming in. And so once we went through that exercise, you know, it was extremely hard, hard week to really dig through that because we were probably overstaffed because we were launching, we've been launching a new company and there's some other things we're trying to do. And so if everything's going to go away, you know, how long can we handle that? And so that was the real wake up call. But in terms of going remote, we had already prepared back in, not prepared for this, but over the holidays, we let all our employees work from home instead of coming into the office. Gives them a little more time. They just had to bill or they had to do X amount of hours of billable work during that time frame. And so all their computers were set up and ready to go. So I'm on a boat and my business partner says, hey, we're going to do remote work for two weeks because this is all kind of blowing up. And I said, okay, that's fine. And uh, so everybody's already ready to go and nothing's changed. And that's kind of how we approached it. But yeah, I thought it was overall, you know, kind of crazy. I'm conservative and, but I was the first to quarantine because being on a boat for a week and getting back, you know, I'd already been, you know, challenged by one of my employees said, don't come in the office for, you know, a week or two after you get back. And so I'd self quarantine for the 14 days. And anyway, even though this kept going and going. And so that was kind of my first, first approach, but um, overall we haven't slowed down since then. And business, tell me what is, what has been created out of kind of like maybe this new lens that you're looking through. So, you know, the big thing we have our agency and we're, you know, adding some new things there. And I think you'll see that across a lot of digital agencies and our web development and software application uh, development is they just keep growing. I mean, there's more and more stuff to do. Uh, design's kind of ebbed and flow, but it's allowed us to create, you know, branding packages that start low tier all the way to high tier so we can capture more of the customers that come in. And I've already sent, I think, four of our branding packages in, you know, in the last week and a half since this has all happened. And uh, so that's good. You think, oh, this is all going to die. And then some of it's people wanting new uh, logos for new businesses they're starting. And in times like this, that's what you see where innovation and new things start to happen. And so for us, launching a new company, really it started at the end of 2018. And we built what we call an incident management software for an oil and gas company. And obviously oil and gas has been, been hit pretty hard the last couple of years. And what they wanted to do is track anything that happens on a well site. But what it also does, it allows you, um, different incidents to be related. So if there was an issue on another well site, you could relate those two incidents and by authorities. And it's just this big database of information so, and you know, cost analysis and all that. Well, we started pivoting it for schools last year because in Texas, there's Senate Bill 11 that required all schools to threat assess and track students. And in January, February, March, we really started to push as schools started doing their budgets to get this into schools because there's no way for them to really do that at the moment. And we had already basically gotten the software ready for that. Well, then schools get shut down because of COVID. 
So what do we do? Basically put a pause. But what's interesting is we've been talking with this uh, large company, 100 million plus company, about um, you know, kind of creating an alliance or a partnership with them because they're in kind of the government world. And when all COVID's, the COVID stuff hit, they pitched it to a government or a municipality to be able to track the financial impact of COVID in their community. And so for the last month, we've basically rebuilt the software completely to track that within the local communities. And so the potential of this other company is huge. And so we're on the, I think we're on the implementation stage. They're just working through on how the funding's going to come, but uh, that's a huge opportunity for us and something we would have never really thought about without going through this um, COVID um, scenario. Yeah, you know the um, when you when listening to what you kind of like the opportunities come when you're in when you're working, right? You're not like putting your feet up, going, "Hmm, wonder what's going to happen today." It's like you're you you were doing what you're doing, and then an opportunity striked, and then you were able to kind of do what you love, and that's you know one of the things that I want anybody listening today, the skills that you know Brad's talking about, right? Like I love. I love the motto. I think that's so great. And I'm going to add one at the end, right? So be different, be creative, be a leader and be fulfilled. Like, yeah. like those are the things that just make you kind of go, Hey, you know what? The opportunity, um, how has uh, leading your family been for you with going through all this? Cause I know that, you know, I've heard on other shows, oh, you know, today I'm a leader. I'm always a leader, but how's it been for you at home? Uh, I, and I think overall it's been good. I think my wife's probably had the hardest time. I mean, we were, we had homeschooled for the last couple of years with our twins and but we had decided to put them in public in January, in part because they're social kids. They wanted to be around other kids, and you know I think they were pushing my wife's limits. And so to go three months, <laughs> go on spring break, and then come back and it's back to homeschool, uh, I think has been a little frustrating. And uh, so that's probably been the the hardest thing, I think, uh, in terms of leading the family. You know, church is obviously different. So uh, that's been a change, but you know, my wife has been challenging my wife to get out there and put some music because she's a worship leader and she's written tons of songs and she's always put that on the back burner. And so me being challenged about getting my art, I spun that on her as well as like, Hey, you got to get this out there. You're being selfish if you don't. And so I try to do that. But sometimes as a husband, you know, a lot of times your wives, if somebody else tells your wife something, Uh, they'll do it. But if you tell them, it's like, why are you telling me this? And so it's just weighing that day to day, you know, you're around each other almost 24, you're around each other 24 seven right now. And uh, we we do different uh, projects around the house and we're going to have a game night uh, tonight, I think. So, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a work in progress would be the best way to, to define that. I mean, everybody is great. I think the, the kids can, push their limits a little bit let's just say that man you're very popular today <laughs> well i turned off my text messages on my computer and now they're just dinging anyway so i know technology it amazes me at the same time i'm like man i thought i got this thing all figured out but no hey so a couple more questions and then we're gonna wrap up today's show like uh where's the best place for a people to connect with you like are you a social media kind of person Do you just like like interact in email text like tell me what's the best way for people to connect with you 
Uh, I'm on pretty much every social. Um, my handle typically is I am Brad Ball. Uh, it used to be Brad Ball Art, but then people thought Brad Ball Art, which doesn't make sense. You are a baller. I've seen, I played basketball with you. <laughs> so I am Brad Ball is all my handles. So Facebook, Instagram, tick, I'm actually on TikTok as well. And only posted a few things, but that's kind of one of the things I need to do moving forward. Website, I do have bradballart.com. It's kind of out of date. I'm in the process of building bradball.com now, which is kind of an entrepreneurial uh, and art website, kind of an all-in-one. And so that's in the works, but there's art there. And uh, that, those are the best places to, to see and what I do. And email, I have a couple different ones, but uh, my company is Ardent Creative. And so email is brad at ardentcreative.com. That's the one I get the most, but I have one at um, me at bradball.com as well. Let's, let's talk about um, the importance of mentorship and being surrounded by uh, people who share similar values to you and how does that play into to living a you know a, a driven with purpose life oh i think it's huge um accountability especially and so you know being on wild at heart with the group of guys that you know i, I got to know and become a part of was just really life-altering and so when it comes to business you know we're in a, a mastermind together i think hearing the stories in that and building accountability and relationships has probably been the biggest thing in the last three years that we have done and being able to do the things that uh, we have, but also even starting this new company and being challenged in that to grow something bigger than ourselves is huge. And somebody that is, if you have a mentor or need a mentor, but finding somebody that can get a slightly different perspective than you, because a lot of times as people, business owners, we're so stuck in what we see that's right in front of us and, you know, can't see the forest past the trees. What are you missing? And getting somebody that's kind of on the outside looking in that can get that 10,000 foot view and see the loopholes or, or the areas that could be problematic, I think are extremely important for everybody. And I find that the most valuable thing in mentorship is, trusting somebody to be candid and honest about what's real and um, giving people that ability to do it is probably the hardest thing though. And the trust factor of that. Oh, that is a, it's a good way of kind of looking at it too, right? Like giving somebody or at least creating space where you can be vulnerable, but not judged. Yeah. Where you know that someone's like seeing, seeing you for who you are and understanding that you're a human and you, they, you know, you want to do the best you possibly can. There's things that others can see in us that we can't see in ourselves. And then there's the acceptance of the things that people say, which has also been very difficult. And through good coaching, good mentors and good friends like yourself, you, you're able to see things that, you know, where your wounds, your hurts and your pains. And then love, like when people come in with a different perspective and an angle to kind of help you to see something completely different. And you're like, Oh, so that's what you were talking about when you asked me to shift. Just not change, just shift. Just look at it from a different perspective. So, well, I, and you said something about judge that triggered something in my mindset. And a lot of times that's used as a negative. And oh, yeah. again, it's a perspective that, you know, if somebody's in your life, you're asking them to judge you and call you out when you're out of line or when you need that nudge. And 
I think that's a good thing to have somebody that's really keeping you accountable and judging what you do. And you, you do it in sports all the time. If you didn't have a judge or a timer or whatever it is, would it mean the same? And I think the same thing applies in life and in business. We need that accountability to challenge us to do great things. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I just want to say thank you very much for coming on board today and sharing uh, your kind of your purpose and what you do and why you do it. And, and um, I just appreciate you, man. I think it's awesome to, to see the growth uh, in a short period of time, just of spending time with you and just seeing the things that you're facing, which is just like what we're all facing, right? We live each day to the fullest and hope we uh, get the chance to live tomorrow and do everything we possibly can today to be of service to others. So I think you're a living example of that. So I just want to say thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. Anytime, man. All right. So all of his notifications and then some, his name is Brad Ball and my name is Tony Grubmeyer. No matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever. Forever.